for our second reading comes from the 23rd Psalm. And I hope that these words that have comforted generation after generation will move you as well. Please listen for a word from God. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the right paths for his name's sake. For even though I walk through the darkest valleys, I fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our redeeming shepherd. Amen. There are certain scriptures that just kind of speak for themselves. They leap off the page with their beautiful poetry describing who God is and how God manifests God's self in the world. I believe Psalm 23 is one of those passages It doesn't need to be spoken for. It is a small chapter that perfectly encapsulates who God is and who God is to us. Psalm 23 is super important in our Christian tradition. Our lectionary, a lectionary is what many preachers use to preach through the Bible. It's a three-year cycle that goes through chapters and verses of the Bible. The lectionary thinks it's so important and includes Psalm 23 six different times, by far more than any other chapter. This chapter has been recited by followers of God for thousands of years. From soldiers and war, to an economically unstable family concerned about rent, to the Jewish people and their their temple worship, to early Christians who were persecuted, to a parent who has just told their child to do something for the fifth time and has nothing left to say other than the Lord is my shepherd. Saying these words out loud has brought comfort to millions. Saying these words have brought life into the world. They have made manifest the truth of God. Many of us have heard, memorized, and spoken this chapter. But a familiar text can sometimes be a double-edged sword. On the one hand, it's a source of comfort, something we know to be true, something safe. Like our favorite spot on the couch or our favorite chair, we know we can go there for rest. But on the other hand, when we have repeated and spoken the same words for a long time, sometimes they lose their awesomeness, the power of the Word of God. So I want to offer a few points on Psalm 23, hoping that it will continue to bring you comfort, but will also challenge and move your soul and heart. In our society of staunch individualism, 
The church has often pushed back against this ideology to point to a more communal vision of the kingdom of God, a view that focuses on recognizing each person as sibling, to not only provide grace for people, but have the humility to accept grace and mercy from others. I think this is wonderful and right and true, but there's an individual aspect to this chapter that if we don't acknowledge, I think we do a great disservice. Because the language of God as shepherd is throughout the entire Old Testament. It's a metaphor commonly used. God shepherds the people of Israel. God shepherds that community. He leads them where they need to go. God protects the nation from the enemies. This relatively insignificant nation of Israel and the ancient world becomes great only because their shepherd is so great. The Israelite people even stole this metaphor. It was used often to describe kings in the ancient Near East, that the kings would shepherd their people. And Israel politically and theologically says, that's great, your king shepherds you. Our God shepherds us. Something I think we can continue to emulate today. But what makes this psalm so unique in the Old Testament is the deeply theological statement, the Lord is my shepherd. Me. Individually. You. Individually. Yes, God is shepherd to the world, to our people, but not only that, the God who created the universe cares about me. Cares about you. The God who created millions of stars cares about my need for restfulness. God cares about you and each one of your souls that needs to be restored and how you often have difficult times restoring it yourself. God cares that you need to be led by still waters and green pastures. The God who set the world and history in motion cares when you are afraid, when you are in your wretched valleys, in your worst moments, your deepest sin, your most terrifying reality, your darkest depression and anxiety, God is beside you in each of those places. Jesus, who knew the Psalms well, offers an expansion of this theological idea. And the scripture we read from the Gospel of John, we read that the good shepherd knows their sheep by name. Each individual individual sheep is intimately known by the shepherd, so much so that their voice is recognized. We have a lot of people, a lot of companies in our lives who claim to want to be our shepherd. They want to corral us, to tell us who we are, where we should go. From politicians to celebrities to advertising agencies, they all whisper who we are and where we should be, and who we should be. But none of these people, none of these entities, know us intimately. None of them know our hearts, know our true needs, know us by name. Well, Google and Amazon seem to know us by name, but I don't think that they are leading us towards goodness and life. We need to listen carefully to that inner voice of love, shepherding us towards love of ourselves, love of our neighbor, and love for creation. 
Psalm 23 was the first chapter of scripture I ever memorized, and to be vulnerable, to be honest with you, probably the only chapter of scripture I've ever memorized. I memorized it in the fifth grade because our fifth grade Sunday school class was having a competition. And as a competitive child, I bought in. Whoever memorized the most verses won. And so we went through the Psalm 23, and on the final Sunday when we would recite the entire chapter, my family was on vacation. I was not able to be there. And I was distraught, just a nightmare to be around. I was ruining not only my night, but everyone else's night that Saturday evening because I could not say my Bible verse the next day. I know this is hard to believe because I am younger, but this was pre-cell phones. Dial-up internet was, was the norm. Yet somehow my parents, without the help of their phone book, was able to track down the Sunday school teachers, get me on the phone so I could recite Psalm 23. And somehow in that entire story, in that entire process, I never actually thought about what Psalm 23 was saying. What Psalm 23 meant to me, what Psalm 23 meant about who God was. The truth was, I was only looking to scripture on how I could lift myself up. How I could elevate my pride, elevate me, while just making life awful for those around me. We can very easily weaponize scripture distorting it for our own desires, using it to elevate ourselves in pride and earthly power and putting others down. Unfortunately, Christianity has a poor history of this. Christianity has done wonderful things, but it also has done some poor things, using scripture to brutalize people, to dominate them in forms of slavery, of racism, of sexism, of war, and even non-followers of Christ using scripture to weaponize their own striving for worldly power. Satan even does this when he's trying to tempt Jesus in the wilderness. Satan quotes scripture. It's not a new ploy. Today, all across the political spectrum, it's used to put others down, to put individuals down, to put groups down, and to elevate another group or another individual. And here's one of the reasons why that's so absurd. Because though the Lord is my shepherd, walking alongside me in the midst of my enemies, my darkest valleys, my hurts, my pains, which is profound, moving, incomprehensible, each person I interact with, each person I do not know but I speak poorly about, each person I unfairly judge, well, the Lord is their shepherd as well. God loves them just as intimately as God loves me. God will bring justice against the sins done against them just as God will bring justice on the sins done to me. God's mercy and grace are just as pervasive, just as wide-reaching, just as unfailing, for the person that frustrates me, for the person that I try to lift myself above as they are for me. God calls each person beloved 
And God will not stand for God's word to be used to lift individuals above others. Others who are just as equally made in God's own image. So yes, Psalm 23 is of immaculate comfort. Knowing of God's never-ending faithfulness to us in all circumstances is an amazing thought. But it is also a deep challenge for us. A challenge to understand that each person we interact with is a sheep who God will fiercely pursue when lost. Let us then love with the same love that has been bestowed upon us. Let us join in caring for the hurt sheep. Let us fight back against the wolves in sheep's clothing, trying to devour, trying to hurt God's flock. And let us take the greatest comfort in knowing that we are not doing this alone. That we are not showing grace alone. We are not loving alone. We are not pursuing justice alone. We are simply joining in to the work that God is already doing. The work our shepherd has already set in motion. We look to the rod and the staff to be directed and to be comforted, to be sanctified. We look to God to make us rest so that we can go out and do God's work. And we do this all so we can continue living into the kingdom of heaven here on earth. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.